Welcome to Enterprising Mindsets, a podcast series exploring what an enterprising mindset is and how it can help us to live, learn and ultimately lead in the future. Hello, I'm Sharon Davis, Chief Executive of Young Enterprise, a national enterprise and financial education charity. You can get the latest episodes straight to your device via subscribing through your usual podcast service. It's a real pleasure to introduce my next guest, Kate Owen. Kate is the Director of Industry and Key Account Marketing at Capita, leading the team and the group function responsible for supporting strategic sales bids and bringing industry-level insight to Capita wider marketing team and campaigns. Kate's had a variety of global roles across the full mix of marketing and communications for almost 20 years, working in and leading teams across brands such as the NHS, Thomson Reuters, to deliver highly personalised and creative content for a range of customers across industry. Really good to see you. How are you doing? Thanks, Sharon, and thanks for having me on board to do the podcast. I, I'm doing well. It's uh, it's quite scary, isn't it, when you think back around the last 20 years? So it makes me feel quite old. <laughs> well, well, we're, we're just going to jump straight into it. Just tell us about the start of your journey. Did you want to be a marketeer when you were? Yeah, that- I, I have to say marketing probably wasn't my number one. I mean, when I was growing up, my journey was very much working class. I probably didn't live in the nice areas or or go to the best primary school when I was growing up. But I knew from a very early age that wanted to have much more, had had quite a lot of ambition. I remember at the age of seven, for example, saying to my four-year-old sister how we were going to have um, a very different life. And I think my dream of occupation back then ranged from wanting to be Madonna to the female version of Indiana Jones and an archaeologist. And as the years went on, the dreams probably changed. And you know, we did all sorts of things from setting up our own shop and selling things at home, making things out of old curtain nets um, and turning items of clothing so uh, yeah marketing was definitely not up there as the number one but over the years I think that we always knew that we wanted to do more and and aspire to be more from a very young age. And were there were there like critical crossroads those moments when a bit like sliding doors when when life could have gone one way or the other for you? Yeah, definitely. I think if I if I look back at some of the things that have happened to me over those years, I mean, when I when I was growing up, I was the first child to take the 11 plus in the year six of the primary school that I went to at the time. And I remember the, the grammar school being over 10 miles away from where we lived, actually. And I was thinking about this the other day, thinking that, you know, at the age of 10, it took me two buses and a 30 minute walk at the back end of that just to get to school each day. And so for me, that that's quite interesting in that I think that that was probably a critical crossroad for me in terms of taking the 11 plus, moving on into to a very different school um, in those early years of secondary school. And I also remember a lot of kind of strong influences in my life when I was young. And so I never forget a teacher, for example, that prior to just taking the 11 plus, took me to a local theatre to, to see a play. Um, it wasn't necessarily something that my mum and dad could afford to do for us or had the time to do. They were always working. And so I think there's definitely been critical crossroads for me in terms of the people that have influenced me throughout that journey. And then from a professional perspective, 
I really feel that I've had the privilege to work with some amazing female leaders, actually. However, if I think about the the big break that I had probably early in my career was given to me by an American male president of sales who encouraged me at the time to consider a marketing career. So you weren't in marketing at that point? No, I wasn't. I was very much in a role that was around supporting kind of C-suite. It was very much a personal assistant role. But again, similar to how I felt when I was younger, I always felt that I wanted to do more. I wanted to add more. Um, And I think that that's probably been true across my career, which is why every job that I've taken on um, across the years, the next job has always been something slightly bigger. It's always encompassed something that I haven't done before, um, which is quite scary at the time. But that's actually probably the piece that gives me the adrenaline. It gives me the fire in my belly to kind of move on and think about new ways of learning and enhancing that mindset even further. You mentioned mindsets there and it feels like your motivation was very intrinsic right from being little. Tell us what an enterprising mindset means to you personally. I think it means different things to different people, doesn't it? And for me, I think there's probably a key number of areas that I would associate with with having an enterprise mindset. So I think ambition and taking risks is definitely one. This desire to always want to do more in a creative way that sets you apart from the crowd, I think has definitely been something personally and professionally um, now that I am in marketing and have been in marketing for a number of years. You know, that constant... um, that constant desire to want to improve, to learn, to then relearn how to make something even better, I think is at the heart of that. I would definitely say hard work is one of those. I'm a strong believer that hard work does always get rewarded. I've been fortunate, as I said, to work with people that have inspired me to push me more, to achieve more. But one of the things that I think they've been incredibly great at is supporting me and celebrating successes for me and with me as well. And I think that's really important because at the same time as understanding where you can learn and relearn and take more things on where they haven't worked, I think it's also incredibly important to think about the successes as well and to celebrate those because they're just as powerful as as the ways in which you can reinvent and relearn. And then I think the other two are probably around always delivering. So I really believe in executing against what you say you are going to do. I think it's really important to do that in order to build trust, in order to build credibility. So I think that you need to be able to not overpromise and underdeliver. And then personal brand. I mean, for me, authenticity is at the heart, I would say, of who I am as a person. It's extremely key for me. And I I would like to think that when I'm in a room, I always try and harness that ambition, the hard work and this desire to want to deliver but in a very authentic way so that people believe in what I'm saying. And that's interesting, isn't it, about authenticity? I mean, that came to me, I think, a lot later in life as somebody brought up working class family, Northern, uh, working in in London. You know, it took me a while to really find my voice. Uh, yeah. And I don't know whether you can identify with that, that it, it takes a while, doesn't it, to get comfortable in being authentic? Absolutely. I definitely relate to that. So I, I think if I'm being completely honest, 
as I progressed through grammar school and through the world of work, I definitely struggled with a with a lack of confidence in those early years. So, you know, I hadn't gone to university. I didn't have a 2-1 degree. I sometimes really felt that imposter syndrome. <laughs> you know, my ideas wouldn't be good enough or my voice not loud enough. And I, I sometimes struggled actually to articulate how I felt I could add value. And I was definitely one of those people that in meetings, you know, we would sit there and think that I had a really great idea and then someone else would say it. And I think, oh, God, oh, yeah, I've been brave enough to voice that opinion. So I definitely struggled early on. But I think what was interesting is that as my career developed, I think that my confidence developed in that those areas that I thought were weaknesses were actually differentiators. So I think I was able to be authentic and and use my mindset to influence and engage at all levels of seniority across business in a really real way that I think others sometimes struggled to do because of the background I'd had, because of this ambition and because of the mindset of of wanting to drive forward, I actually think what I perceive to be weaknesses early on have actually made me stronger as I've got older and as I've developed in my career. And that, I guess, is borne out by your continued success in your career. (laughs) Well, I'd like to think it was continued success. I mean, I think that alongside having an enterprising mindset and having the ambition and hard work and delivering results, I strongly, strongly believe that it's about the people that are around you as well during that journey. So, you know, I've, as I said, I've been really fortunate to work for some great leaders. I've also been really fortunate to have amazing teams. As I've progressed and actually become more senior and had people working in the teams for me, I've really tried to create diverse teams that all bring a different, unique strength and a different opinion to the table. And actually, I I learned so much from those around me that I I, I feel like it's a combined effort of success. And as a, a that leader and your role in creating the environment where people feel safe enough to be authentic, they feel safe enough to to try things and for things to go wrong and to actually learn from it. What role does mindset have for you in building your teams? So I think for me, the one of the pieces of advice that I give to my team is around from a mindset perspective it's really important to talk to as many people and network and surround yourself by as many people as possible because that encourages you to be braver it encourages you to understand that there are others out there that are taking risks and are learning from them in both a positive and negative way and it's only by sharing those stories with others around you that I think it gives you more confidence and increases your your enterprising aspect of your mindset, I would say. When I was at the NHS and actually even now at Capita, one of the, the pieces of tactical um, objectives that we put into play was that people had to expand their network across their peer-to-peer groups and actually conduct kind of these almost community or therapy sessions with other people that were doing the same jobs or going through the same challenges and and they had to come back into the team and therefore present around what they were hearing what they'd seen and it's worked really well because it's it's meant that people get the opportunity 
to listen in on how others are approaching things and therefore adapt their own approaches on how they adopt what they're doing on day-to-day work. And in the current COVID environment, we've got lots of people working from home. We're looking at ways of staying connected. How do you foster that collective organisational mindset remotely? I think it's really important to ensure that everybody in an organisation or in a workforce, so even those that are in work right now and those not, and the younger generation, have a voice that contributes to company strategies and how companies need to be thinking about the way of work moving forwards. And so for me, I don't think that that is restricted by where we're based or where we all work from. I think regardless of our our physical working environment, for me as a leader and fostering mindsets, you know, whilst we're all working remotely, is about just essentially recognising that insight can and should come from every layer or every different person that you're speaking to. And I think that building a culture like that, it doesn't just allow for for failure or for risk-taking. It embraces it in a way and and allows you to expand your diversity of thought, I suppose, by making sure that regardless of whether you're in an office or stuck in front of teams or on a phone call, It's around really respecting the voices and insights from every single person that you you speak to. And actually, I was thinking about this um, the other night, but one of the things where I've seen a company do this really well, pre-COVID probably, was actually at Starbucks where they changed the terminology of all of the employees that they had for them into the word partner. And I really thought about it while I was working there, but it's something that over the years... I have thought back and just think how powerful that such a simple language change actually makes every single person in that organisation feel like it's their company, their brand. And it definitely encouraged people back then to suggest new ideas, bring innovation to the table at every level. Um, And so I think that's definitely a great example of where I've seen it happen in business, where you do respect that level of insight at every level, regardless of where you're based or working from. So really having purposeful, intentional language that brings people together and encourages people to share their views and and have that voice. Definitely, definitely. And I was thinking about this, actually. So in this current COVID environment, extremely challenging in lots of ways, but in, in some ways, it's actually released us as leaders, but also in the teams that we work with, in having to find the answers. What you've just described there, that setting an environment, setting a tone which kind of encourages innovation and encourages insight from all layers. Do you feel that leadership right now has an opportunity to embrace this potentially as a default way of working? Definitely. I think that COVID and the pandemic has called so, so many different viewpoints, hasn't it? I think there's something in there around community spirit as well and something in there around how do we collectively collaborate more as a group and so what I mean by that is if I think of the power that the NHS clap for carers had I mean I've never I've never seen anything like that in this country in the time that I've lived and it made me incredibly proud actually and I do remember the first couple of times my husband laughing at me got quite teary about it and I do think stuff like that has has resurfaced actually which I think is extremely powerful and it should be 
then transcended into the world of work and as a leadership team as well. I mean, I just think that we've got an opportunity to reset or think about the new normal because they're they're all the words that everyone uses, but to think about the positives that we can learn from being in lockdown or from working in very different ways and how we then adapt those into our mindsets to make them successful and to make positive change. You're so right. I, I also remember uh, the, the clap for carers. My wife's a, a GP. And so we'd go out, uh, you know, at eight o'clock and people would bring out their kind of pots and pans and, you know, we'd get a real lump in my throat. And you're right. Yeah. It's about an investment in each other. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's what's changed. It's that that, that tangible investment in each other. So tell us a little bit more about the work that Capita are doing really to, to shape, I guess, our thinking around um, our, the way that we work with young people, the way we, we support young people. Because you're, there's a project called Classrooms of the Futures, isn't there? That's right. So as you said, I mean, I definitely have a really strong sense of purpose. And so I feel really passionate about that. And across my marketing career, I've definitely tried to instill that creatively as much as possible where I can. And so, you know, for me, it's about how do we work with organizations, customers, partners such as yourselves to align those values and our shared values whilst also doing good And I know that that sounds really cliche, but, you know, to your point around the investment in each other and the investment in, you know, bringing positivity and how we can impact change for good is really important to me. And so in running the um, account-based marketing team here at Capita, one of the things that we've been working with young enterprise around is to really give the opportunity by running a competition to three different age categories to really understand what they think about money management, responsible consumerism and sustainability. As a mother to a very opinionated nine-year-old, I also personally think that often businesses and industry miss an opportunity to listen to the younger generation and what they actually think and what they view the world as. And so for me, that's why this classroom of the future is so important because what it's enabling us to do is to say, what does a four-year-old or a seven-year-old or an 11-year-old think of extremely important topics like responsible consumerism? And we've actually got some of our C-suite key clients involved as judges of the competition, because what we're really keen to do is to merge those views, like I just mentioned. So, you know, what does a four-year-old think? It isn't just a picture of a light bulb. You know, this is the four-year-old that is the future customer. It's a future employee. They're actually the future business and world leaders. Changing tack slightly and, and, and thinking of the post-COVID environment and, and we were talking about investment, we're talking about um, engaging with uh, young people, engaging with our communities differently, investing in each other. Do you think that alongside leading, alongside learning, do you think that our mindset to life is going to be shifted by our experiences of COVID? I would definitely agree with that. I mean, the amount of houses that I've seen go up <laughs> go up for sale near where I live is probably a really real example of that, isn't it? I think from a life perspective, there's definitely a lot of people thinking about, well, you know, we live in the city. I've always wanted to live in the country or in a village. And 
you know, I think that a lot of people are starting to probably, you know, reassess probably that work-life balance and to say if companies and big organisations, you know, have had to flex and have had to become more remote and, you know, digital transformation has just been sped up as a result of COVID, I think there's definitely from a life angle a lot more people questioning some of the choices that they have made or are about to make. I mean, I've been on probably five or six different calls over the last few weeks alone where I've definitely heard of people moving, moving into different areas. Um, so I think, yeah, it definitely is impacting in probably a different way that at the start of the pandemic, people probably wouldn't have thought that would be the case. I absolutely share that view. I, I do think there is something about us looking at what this means really what does this mean fundamentally to our relationships with our families i don't think i've ever spent so much time with at home <laughs> i'm not sure my wife would share that that was a good thing but <laughs> it's funny though isn't it because different it's different mindsets again isn't it you know my my husband has hated being locked down he's actually gone back to work on a on a more frequent basis into london and i think he's really happy with it whereas other people aren't so yeah i completely agree i think it really tests doesn't it lots of different um relationships objectives goals from a life angle on on all avenues really absolutely because we would have a way of working i'd work from monday to thursday then come back and then we'd have you know kind of a friday a friday to, to sunday kind of experience yeah. and now it's all week it's like oh i have to behave quite differently now so yeah. <laughs> so what three takeaways uh, would you kind of share with someone that perhaps you wish that you had someone had spoke to you about when you were younger definitely this aspect of actively learning so I've always wanted to to learn something different to research something different so my first tip or top tip I suppose would be expand your universe you get one life right so the richer exposure you've got to develop your skills to develop your approach in the way you do things across a number of different areas is only going to stand you in, in good stead. I think there's definitely something about, you know, thinking outside outwards rather than inside. You know, as a marketer, you you try and strive to put the customer at the heart of everything you do. And by looking outwards, you know, having sometimes a siloed thinking it goes away because you're able to take more of those risks that I mentioned because you're getting so much insight and input from an outward lens as opposed to it always being led very much from you or an inside focus. So I think that's definitely something that I've learned over the years. That, And then I think definitely this relationship building and peer-to-peer -peer networking. I, I am an avid believer that the power of 10 is greater than the power of one. A top tactical tip here is, you know, I never forget one of the, the leaders I've worked with talking to me around how you create maps of the types of people that you want to build relationships with and why and how you're already working with them on something, but how you could co-collaborate on something else that achieves goals for both of you. And so I think thinking about that as you expand your networks and build your relationships, 
just provides provides you with a wealth of opportunity just to develop and learn from each other. We hear a lot about the importance of building networks and networks is, is really important to developing your career, but you've flipped it, haven't you? You've basically said, look, you know, the insights are more important or, or just as is important. And that's really quite new, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's about using both of that in collaboration, isn't it? So it's great to build a network, but if you're not actually getting anything from it, then why then why would you do it? I mean, you know, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because again, going back to the marketing, I mean, we run we run events as one of the tactics, don't we, at a very granular level. Well, why would people go to the event? They're not going to go to the event just to see a friend or to meet a new colleague, are they? They're going to go because they want to do that, but they also want to learn something new. They want to hear from someone different or get a different viewpoint. And so I think if you adopt that methodology in your life and your approach to how you build your own network and your own personal brand, then you're going to get the same outcomes and achieve the same kind of goal that you would when you go to a professional event mindset. Absolutely. And my final question to you is, what's next for Kate? <laughs> Do you know, part of that and part of the beauty, I think, is that I don't know what's next. And I, you know, I think that that is the beauty of having a mindset that is just focused around doing more, learning more. I mean, from a professional perspective, I'd love to say the next rung on the ladder, whatever that might be. But for me, I think if I'm being really honest, I don't know. And it's that's part of the beauty in that, you know, having an open mind means that you can transfer your skills and you can pick up the next challenge whenever that may come along. Kate, it's an, been an absolute pleasure to interview you. It's a real pleasure to work alongside you. Thank you for joining us on Enterprising Mindsets. Thank you so much for having me. Enterprising Mindset Podcast is part of a series from Young Enterprise. To listen to more, please subscribe to us in your usual podcasting services. Thank you for listening.